Welcome to Sport Faith Life with Brian Bolt and Chad Carlson, two guys who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. They are sports scholars, they're coaches, and they're competitive athletes, or at least they were. And together, they've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Today on Sport Faith Life, we talk with Jim Abbott. Being about the same age, I followed Jim's career in college and into Major League Baseball, where he played for 10 years. Jim was admired for his pitching, but also for another reason we'll touch on in our conversation. We can't wait to talk with Jim and hear his story. So, let's get started. Well, we are delighted to have Jim Abbott with us today. Jim, can you tell us a little bit about sport in your life? Well, sport in my life is uh, outside of family, and um, I don't know that anything has been more important in my life than, than sport. Um, uh, having grown up a little bit differently, um, it just provided me with uh, friendships and a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. Uh, in ways uh, that I just grow more and more appreciative as I get older. Oh, that's great. We'll delve into that a lot more. I know there's some extensive experiences there. Can you tell us a little bit about faith in your life? Yeah, I, you know, faith is something that I've that I've worked on my entire life. I, I've tried to um, to allow myself to let go of control and and to believe in a higher purpose, in a, in a calling. And my dad was instructive in those ways. Um, uh, he was better at it than I, than I am, I will admit, but, uh, it, it has, um, been a part of my life, um, ever since, ever since I was a kid growing up in Flint, Michigan, and it remains part of my life to this day. So Jim, there's a lot of things there that we want to try to get into, but before we do, I wonder if you could just let the audience know something unusual about you, maybe something uh, that people wouldn't guess. I mean, we're going to get into your career. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what makes you uh, a really intriguing person to have on the podcast. So beyond that, something else that helps our listeners get to know you. You know, I'm I'm going to exceedingly um open book in my life i i I feel like uh not much of my life is uh is is unknown really i i guess i you know i grew up in flint michigan um which i'm incredibly proud of uh i live now in southern california most of the time Um, but i guess maybe you know i would like people to know my uh affinity for the state of michigan and and spending the summers up there in, in the north and, and um, with family and, and how much I love the Great Lakes and how much I love the woods. And, um, you know, that's a part of my life that I, I know a lot of people here in, in California would probably not know about. And um, But it is, you know, of the passions in my life and of the things that I love most, I would, I would put being up in northern Michigan uh, very near the top. Well, Jim, as Michiganders, we are going to let you get away with that answer. Uh, we're really affirmed by what you said there, but we know you have a deep, dark secret that, uh, we're going to pull out of you at some point in this podcast and we'll, (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll just see how this unfolds. So, uh, I think, you know, you're a professional athlete, former professional athlete. 
Uh, we don't have a lot of professional athletes. We have some, but we don't have a lot of professional athletes on this podcast. Uh, so I want to start there and uh, tell me at what point in your life you thought I could I could be a major leaguer. Fantastic question. I, um, you know, my evolution as an athlete and as a baseball player in particular um, was step by step. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have these grand aspirations of playing in the major leagues. I, 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 I dreamed of being a Detroit Tiger. Um, you know, those guys were my heroes: the Alan Trammels, the Lou Whitakers, Jack Morris. Uh, sure, I had those dreams. Um, but growing up in Flint, you know, it was always the next step. It was always, I really wanted to make the, the little league team and then, you know, and, and be a part of that. You know, it was that sense of belonging that I yearned for more than, um, I, I think, you know, of this grand pie in the sky achievement. Um, uh, and then, you know, whether it's junior high school or high school, there was a Connie Mack team that I really wanted to play for that was well known in the state called Grassi. Uh, and then I wanted to play at the University of Michigan. You know, that was my dream. And um, it wasn't until I played on the United States teams. Um, I had a chance to play in the Pan American Games after my sophomore year. And I played with the, Olymp the Olympic team after my junior year. I played with great collegiate amateur players from around the country. I knew that they were going to be drafted at very high in the Major League Draft. I was doing well. I was, you know, a big part of the team. And it was at that point when I really started to say, well, you know, professional baseball, uh, I, I at least may get the opportunity. And, and so um, I, I truly, it wasn't until I was able to be on that stage that I felt like maybe, you know, the major leagues could be possible. I'm, I'm hearing a deep sense of humility, too, because I'm assuming that there were plenty of others that were thinking this might be a possibility for you, maybe even before you saw it for yourself. It's really interesting to hear that uh, you just, it's always the next step, you know, get making the next team, getting to the next level. That's a really cool sort of evolution story. I'm, I'm curious if it was only baseball for you as a kid. I mean, talk about your experiences. Was that it? It was always baseball? No, you know, not at all. I, I loved, um, I could throw things. I will admit that was my talent. I could, if I picked up a rock, I could throw it. If I could, you know, I, I won the softball toss in second grade. You know, I, if I had the, the three longest throws in the class. And I got a blue, red, and, and silver ribbon for that. <laughs> so I could always throw, but um, I loved basketball. Um, I, I, you know, I came from a high school, Flint Central High School, that had a tremendous history in, in basketball. Um, my junior high school class was, a uh, gym class was basically a teacher throwing a basketball out for the kids to play. And uh, I played basketball with Glenn Rice every day in, in, in junior high school. I mean, that, that was the kind of thing. So I loved basketball. I, um, I ran some cross country and then I was uh, encouraged to play football in high school. And, and um, you know, I loved that. I loved the experience of, of Friday night and in and, and the lights and, you know, just a completely different culture than baseball. So, um, no, I, I loved I loved a lot of different sports and, and still do to this day. So Jim, I played a little, uh, high school and college baseball. I was uh, I played Division three baseball. Uh, played first base, hit from the left side. So I'm a little nervous. So like I'm thinking I'm going to face Jim Abbott. He's going to throw 90 plus, uh, and then he's going to bend a little curveball starting at my head and, and uh, get me out. 
So uh, there's a there's a big part of your story we haven't alluded to yet, but I'm going to let you do it. And I'm t- going to tell you like, as a player for the first time, I'm going to see you. I'm going to bunt. Why why would I do that? And uh, did that happen to you a lot? Yeah, sure. You know, I was born missing my right hand. Um, um, you know, it, it's I never wanted to make a big deal about that. I, I was certainly um, allowed many blessings. Uh, more was given to me than was ever taken away. That's for sure. Um, but um, growing up this way, you know, I had to find a different way of doing things. And, and fielding my position as a pitcher um, required a lot of work and shifting that glove off of my left hand, throwing and then shifting it back on. So, um, you know, I had opponents who, who, from a very early age, who tried to bunt and, um, you know, heck, throwing strikes was a challenge for me throughout my life, throughout my career, even in the big league. So if somebody wanted to bunt, I was very happy to run over and pick it up and throw them out. <laughs> I'd take my chances on a bunt rather than uh, some of the other outcomes that could happen. But I understood it. You know, as you go up the ladder, um, no quarter is given. You know, people, you know, you've got to be able – people are going to take advantage of a perceived weakness. And, and um, you know, I tried very hard not to – to have any vulnerabilities in my game uh, due to the fact that I was born missing my right hand. Can we ask a little bit about some of your accomplishments and some of your thoughts on that as you look back over your career? So I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, multiple big 10 championships with Michigan playing in the Pan Am games, representing the United States, uh, getting drafted and, and, and beginning in the major leagues before even needing any experience in the minor leagues, having some wonderful seasons, some votes for the Cy Young Award at certain times. As you look back on your career, what are you most proud of? Gosh, that's a great question, Chad. I, I, um, I was so lucky. You know, um, I worked hard for sure. And, and I, um, you know, I, 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 I'm proud of, honestly, of, of, of all of it. You know, and, and you were kind enough just to point out some of the highlights. But uh, anybody who followed my career uh, somewhat closely would know that that, that that I had a mixed bag. You know, I, I had uh, I, I won 18 games one year in the major leagues uh, and I lost 18 games one year in the major leagues. Um, I'm just as proud of having won 18 games uh, as I am of hopefully handling losing 18 games with some amount of uh, respect for the game and and still trying to be a good teammate. So, uh, you know, when I say I was lucky, I, I mean that I played on the West Coast. You know, I played in California. I played in New York. I played in Chicago. I played at a university that I always wanted to go to. I played around the world with the USA team. So, in its totality, I'm very proud of all of those experiences. You know, uh, I, I just I pinch myself sometimes and, and think, God, I, I can't believe all those things happened to one person. You know, that's a lot of things to reflect on. And it, you probably have a different perspective now, a few years out than in the moment. A lot of athletes will talk to us about uh, how faith, how they're Christian faith was uh, really influential in in downtimes, right? They tie it to some level of uh, maybe identity crisis or 
uh, trying to get over um, come some sadness or inferiority, all sorts of things. And then others will talk about sort of a, a, a joyous moment, a happy moment. Can you tell us, kind of open up for us how um, you're in your faith journey, how it influenced you in those years? And then maybe like as you look back at it, uh, how do you think maybe it uh, you have a different perspective on it now? That's an excellent question, because I, I do believe um, that a sports journey, uh, in, in trying to make sense of it, there is a connection to faith. I, I believe that. I, I believe, um, you know, when you're trying to find the best aspects of yourself and you're coming up short, you know, when you feel like you're turning over every stone and, and working as hard as you possibly can. You, you search for sources of strength and you search for, you know, things that cannot be moved by the randomness of, of pitching a baseball and, and having it come out of your hand and, and, and you want it all to make sense. You know, you want it all to, oh, I've I made a good pitch there. It should have been an out when it ended up not being an out, right? And, and so um, you ask questions of, of why, you know, and, and then larger questions. Why am I here? Why me? You know, what's what's my role here? What? Um, and so, you know, I've, I've never delved deeply into my, my faith and my beliefs, um, other than to say, you know, my dad was an incredible influence on me in my life. And he believed that there was a purpose. He believed that I pitched in New York for a reason, you know, that people could see it and, and, and that I made it to the major leagues for a reason. And, and so I've always felt like there may have been something to that. You know, I've, I've no doubt I've, I've worked and I've, I've, I've had to work around these questions a little bit. And I don't know that I've come to complete answers, but at, there are points when I have felt as though there was a purpose larger than myself uh, that was involved in, in my sports journey. If that makes sense. <laughs> That's a great answer. And I'm interested in, in following up a little bit on that. We hear we hear so much negative, especially from young athletes now, about parental involvement and parents speaking into their lives, having goals for them that maybe exceed even what the kids' goals are, or taking things way too seriously at such a young age. You've you've alluded to your dad a few times now as being a really strong presence, as, as uh, speaking wisdom into your life. And I wonder if you can share more about that relationship. What was it about? Uh, your your dad that that helped you along in your journey and making sense of some of these things. I mean, you, you you were just kind of speaking to into all of our hearts by saying there's just such a randomness in sports, right? Especially a sport where you're trying to uh, where someone's trying to hit a round object with another round object and send it to a certain place. And we're talking about the differences of a millimeter here or there can be determinant of the outcome of that swing or that that hit that pitch, whatever else. So it, it's a it's a random space, and yet. You've, you've talked about your dad being able to help provide some meaning there. Can you ex- expand on that a little bit? Well, my dad was, was, um, was, a, was a spiritual person. And, and I, and, you know, I, let me not 
detract at all from my mom because <laughs> they both were my heroes and, and they sacrificed an awful lot for me and my brother growing up. So, uh, you know, I could, I could delve off into some ways that my mom was an incredible influence as well. Um, but my dad had a more spiritual journey. You know, he, um, he, the one thing he said to me a lot and he, he quoted, he would say, what's been taken away once will be given back twice. And he said, you've been given so much and you are up to this challenge. And um, I know he was talking about a lot of different things, but he was, you know, talking about my hand and, and I was born this way. It's all I ever really knew. And a big part of being able to do anything in my life was to focus on, you know, what's been given back and what are the blessings, you know? And, and so, um, that his, that relationship with him was a consistent reminder of, you know, not dwelling on what has ever been taken away, but focusing more on what has been given. And, and that's an incredible, um, that sounds neat and fun, uh, but it's, if you think about it, there's a lot of accountability in that. There's a lot of obligation in that to, to really be aware and be in the moment and understand what the opportunities and what you've been given and, and then make the most of that. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a responsibility that we all have to live with. So I was hearing the same thing in your answer that you just alluded to. I was hearing some responsibility and some maybe what could be perceived as a burden. Uh, and I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, you're such a unique case, right? So, so rare for somebody to make it to an elite level of athleticism uh, in a sport that, you know, everybody uses two hands, right? Everybody uses two hands. And you've got one and you are at the elite level uh, that comes with performance responsibilities, but it also comes with, Hey, can you meet my son? Hey, can you, um, you know, can you talk at this, uh, this event? Um, and I'm assuming, right. I'm assuming that that, that was a part of your life and, and maybe, you know, continues to, to be a part of your life. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, you know, I, gosh, you guys are probably younger than I am. I, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, when, when when I was a kid and when we were kids, um, there wasn't the, the inundation of information that we have now. Like, I'm, I'm so much more aware of this community of people who are like me, you know, who are missing part of a hand or part of an arm. Uh, limb different, they call it. Um, there's so many great, incredible support groups around the country. Lucky Finn in Michigan being one of them. Uh, they do a tremendous job. And then, I, gosh, I think they have a thousand members, you know. And so when I was playing, I didn't know all that stuff. Yeah, I really didn't know there were so many people out there like me. And, uh, it, you know, I started to get some hints of it in college. Um, when a few articles were written about my play and then USA team, we played in some different countries and I was shocked at uh, meeting people in Cuba, in Japan. And, you know, that, that somehow word had gotten out that I was playing baseball with, 
you know, essentially one hand. And then when I got to the major leagues, it was, it, it, it was a whole nother level. You know, every ballpark we went to around the United States, New York, Baltimore, Texas, Oakland, it didn't matter. Toronto, you know, it was, there were families that came and, and um, that became a big part of my life. And, um, and, a, and a wonderful part. It wasn't a burden. I will say that. It, I didn't feel like it was a burden. There's other people who have said that, that, oh, wow, you, how do you do that? And, you know, um, I was motivated. I was, I was encouraged by those meetings. I was inspired by a mom and dad's courage. I was inspired by a little boy who, you know, he may have liked baseball. He may not have liked baseball, but they all, all those kids loved something, right? And, and so um, – they just weren't going to let the excuse become a part of their life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I took on the same attitude as I walked back up into the clubhouse. I was like, bring it, let's go. You know, I got, I'm lucky to be in this position and just like they are, I'm not going to allow the excuse to, to define how I look at myself. Such a positive outlook. I love that. I mean, in the midst of, um, you know, the pressure cooker that is pro sports, specifically the years that you would have spent in, in uh, New York City where it, it, there doesn't get to be a whole lot more pressure than playing for the Yankees, right? Um, and in a sport like baseball where you're alone on an island on that mound, right? So all kinds of pressures there and, and yet you continue to to uh, impress with this positive outlook and, and what you radiate. I, I'm curious, when you're speaking to people now, People are asking you to come speak, whether it's just a small gathering or you're on a big stage in front of a lot of people. What's what's the message that you're sharing? My message is, is um, I hope, one of possibility, one of looking past limitations. Um, I, you know, I, I I try to finish on a positive note of encouraging people to see, and, and let's you know, it's a tough world right now. You know, we're, there's a lot of tough things that are going on and it's easy to get down. You know, it's easy to start becoming defined by all this information that's thrown at us. And, um, you know, hopefully my message is one of believing in all that is still possible. You know, that, that if anything from my story is, is as improbable as it seems growing up in Flint and, and uh, becoming a, a baseball player is that things beyond your belief can happen. You know, things that you wouldn't think are possible are possible. And so, yeah, that's what I try to encourage people to continue to believe in what is possible for them individually, what is possible for a family, what is possible for an organization. Well, Jim, I think you've uh, fired us up. Uh, we appreciate that message for sure. Uh, and when we think about um, the way that you've just talked to us here today, I can understand how uh, that message resonates. And I would just encourage you to keep keep talking to folks and keep uh, telling your story, uh, get information out. Um, it's wonderful for us to be able to interact with you some here. Uh, and we just want to invite you to, uh, to continue to intersect with Sport Faith Life uh, as we go forward. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to, to close with? 
I would just like to say, you know, I really appreciate joining you guys. I appreciate your patience and putting this on the calendar. Um, I, I, you've given me a lot to think about. Um, and the word that comes to my mind as we say goodbye is conduit. You know, I, 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 yes, there's been a lot of great experiences and, and I get a chance to meet people and talk about it. Um, but I really feel like a conduit, you know, I, I feel like a lot of great people, mentors and, and friends and, 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 and teachers, and coaches, all of their learning and all of their generosity is passed through me. And, and so um, maybe that's maybe part of that is faith based and, and, and passing it on again. And maybe that's our role. Thanks for tuning in to the Sport Faith Life Podcast, a conversation at the intersection of sport and faith. Read the corresponding blog post and learn more about us at sportfaithlife.com. Listen to more of our podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with everything sport, faith, life.